0: Good evening, Patriots. (laughs) If you were listening to the end of the last show, you know that my voice went like away. (laughs) Like all of a sudden I couldn't even talk. But it's back, and it's safe, and it's good. Hey, Patriots, before we begin tonight, let's uh, focus in on those essentials and keeping your skills up. This is also an awesome Christmas gift. I'm getting one from my dad, just so you know. So you want to have one of these iTarget things around. You know how passionate I am about our Constitution and especially the Second Amendment, but just as passionate about being responsible and protecting my family. I discovered the perfect way to train with your firearm in the comfort of your own home and continue to improve your skills. It's called iTarget Pro, and this system is a game changer for me. All I did was download iTarget's proprietary app, load the laser bullet into my firearm, and start training. The system develops muscle memory, reaction speed, side alignment, trigger control, and much more. Right now, save 10% plus get free shipping with the offer code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, when you go to iTargetPro.com. With the cost of ammo through the roof, this is the perfect solution for you. That's the letter iTargetPro.com, iTargetPro.com. The offer code is BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. This is something you definitely need. Oh, yeah. So does does my dad need one. I think I'm going to get one, too. We can sit around the tree, and we'll point our lasers at the ornaments and pretend like we're going pew, 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 pew. pew. (laughs) Someone said they're going to use it for the cat. That freaked the cat out pretty much. That's pretty funny. All right, Patriots. Hey, you know, I I, I have to tell you, I know I say this all the time, but it's just incredible. I thought... I was on this kind of 24-hour cycle where it's like, and it actually started out being every couple of weeks because Duncan and I, Kilted Christian, which I'll talk about him in a second, um, had this thing talking about the craziness of the world. And he said this thing, it was a few weeks, it was like two months ago, and this was a story about a woman who got herself pregnant, I, <laughs> you're going to love this one, from a corpse in the morgue. Yeah. That's a real story. That was it. And, and he and I were sitting there like just in disbelief. And it's like, you know, we're going, to, we're going to go a year from now. We're going to look back and we're going to say, ha, ha, ha. We thought that was crazy. Look at where we are now. Well, it, it just outdid itself. Naked man interrupts several Chicago online court proceedings, masturbating with unknown item inserted into his buttocks. I can't even tell this story. This is unbelievable. I mean, where have we (laughs) gone? What have we gone to? This is unbelievable. An unknown black male entered the courtroom via Zoom and began masturbating, an officer wrote. The subject was laying on his back with both legs in the air, described to me as being in a position not unlike a baby would during diaper change. I don't need to go further than that. And he's entering into the courtroom proceedings. This is America today. (laughs) If you think there aren't demons amok, man, just read a couple of these stories and you're going to be like, what the heck happened to us? Oh goodness. So, yep, that's it. And that's where we are. So, Hey, I do need to, um, ask that we we're going to take a moment here we're going to pray and I know we usually pray at the end of the show we're going to pray then too but we're going to do a special prayer tonight and we're doing a special prayer for kilted christian duncan now um if you are not aware duncan takes care of his mom and she's a lovely lady devout christian and she's getting older And so today was a pretty tough day. So if you're wondering what happened to Duncan's show, it was kind of a tough day because she's starting to get into that place where there's some memory issues. And she had one of those really tough days today. And Duncan called me and um, we prayed together. So I'd like you, if you would please join me for a few minutes here so we can pray for Duncan and his mom. He is, he's dedicated his life and I, and I so relate to this, you know, I'm in the same place. I've, even out, And I'm not putting myself on a pedestal. I'm just saying he and I have a lot in common because Duncan has committed his life to making sure that in the midst of work, he's going to take care of his mom to the end. She's not going to be in a home. I've done the same here in Oregon. That's, you know, I'm, whatever I do, it has to be where I can always take care of my parents and they're 86 and 85. But this is one of those days that I think every child faces when their parents finally start to get a bit older and it's, it was a particularly difficult day. And I, and I really would have to say, I think this is something that we all, it shouldn't be a rarity, but unfortunately it has become that in our, in our age when we cast off our parents and elderly into the homes, but that's not happening in this household and it's not happening in Duncan's household. So with that said, he's a, an amazing person, if you don't know Duncan or don't listen to Kilted Christian, which follows the Bards FM show every night, I would greatly encourage you to do so. He is a a real great warrior in this fight, and he's a great lover of Jesus, and he's a great warrior under the banner of Christ, and I consider him a great friend, and we've gotten to know each other over the last, I think it's been almost three years, that we've gotten to know each other. And um, really, can't come to respect his work and what he does, and so forth. So let's let's pray for Duncan. Let's start that way. Father, we just want to r- raise some prayers tonight for Duncan and for his mother. This was one of those difficult days that, um, unfortunately, as we age, those are days that are probably uh, going to become more common, and. So we just want to begin this prayer just for the strength, to give Duncan strength and to give him that courage of heart and a a lot of patience because sometimes like this, this can be a bit stressful. But equally, we want to just pray for the blessing that he's received in being able to help his mother and stay with her and the love that those two share that's absolutely phenomenal and a beautiful story in itself. And we want to pray for his mother who's had a bit of a difficult day. And we just pray that any sort of influences from past or generational hooks or curses, just cast them out, Father. Just just let her just be pure in that love of Jesus in this moment in time and let the healing love of Jesus just fill her heart, give her that clarity of mind and thought that we all want and just let those let the two of them, as they move through this holiday season, just have a, such a memorable holiday season, one with the spark and the excitement of the love of Jesus and the spark and the excitement of just this world in which we live in that you've created in so many ways. And just reassure her in her heart that she has a son that is so deeply dedicated to her that he is never going to step aside. He's going to stay with that ride until the very end. And just, we just ourselves extend our heart and our love to Duncan for being that person that he is. And our, we extend our heart and our love to his mother for creating such a wonderful son in this day. So, in a time when we are seeing so much of the castaway society where we throw away our parents like dirty laundry, we just pray that Duncan can become that light for others to realize just how powerful. And how important it is to be with our parents and just have him understand and see just how much of a great example he is for others in this time. So bless them both, Father. We just pray for the healing and the blood of Christ to flow upon her and to keep them both safe and secure in the the weeks and months and years ahead. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So if you were wondering um, where Duncan's show was tonight, that's where he was. He was being with his mom, which I think is beautiful. I had some people ask what was going on. We did raise prayers for him today in the Bards FM Telegram prayer room. So, And you're welcome to share that anywhere you want and just to encourage prayers for Duncan and his mother. So... Last hour we talked about psychological operations. It seems appropriate to um, probably hear a piece from our favorite psychological operator, which would be Don Lemon. Let's start with that, and then we'll get into some scripture. His involvement, his state of mind, or anything? Um... I mean, I, I don't think the, you know, <clears throat> the movie's not just about, like, the, the Capitol riot and all that. It's also about, like, media echo chambers, you know what I mean? And, like, the dangers of the uh, 24-hour news cycle and how I think mainstream media, like Fox and even CNN, like, competes for views by running constant 24-hour news cycles based upon fear, division, outrage, and panic, probably to, like, sell ads. So it's not just about the capital riot. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure, first of all, I don't agree with what you're saying, but I'm not exactly sure of how that played into people going into the Capitol uh, and rioting on January 6th. Um, there's nothing fake about CNN. Oh, not. I'm, know, not, I'm not saying like fake news, I'm just saying ramping people up and increasing
1: division during that period of time, just watching people kind of fall down the rabbit hole and be pushed into action and like, just, yeah, falling down the conspiracy rabbit hole. His
0: involvement Well, Don Lemon loves CNN, and we don't love Don Lemon. Don, pray for his soul, because he's probably cut a contract with the devil and thinks that he's going to be safe. But I got news for you, Don. A lot of years of torment coming ahead. It's called the lake of fire, and there's going to be a lot of accountability for that. Well, Patriots, one of the things I wanted to bring your attention to is the fact that the idea of psychological operations is not foreign to scripture. I think this is an important point. And let me begin with Proverbs 23, 7. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And so we, I start with this tonight because one of the critical things of psychological operations is to get the mind confused and cluttered with thought. And that's where we use those terms like I talked about in the previous hour gaslighting and false flags to influence mental framing of the world. And if in, in the way that I see the world and I, uh, in my way of framing life in a biblical lens is that the heart is the center of our body, not the brain. And the heart is really the true brain of the body. And the brain is more like the operating system that kind of keeps things functioning. And I think that's truly what I believe, and I think that's part of the big psyop that we've ex- lived under is where we're always told that it's in our head. I think it's truly in our heart, because that's where God speaks to us through. And it's not, it shouldn't come as any surprise that this vax is causing massive damage to the heart, which essentially is God's bridge to us. In the, If you really play out what the World Economic Forum was advertising at the beginning of this COVID nonsense and this covid following. What they were showing in every one of their promo videos about the future of dealing with pandemics and keeping the world safe is they would always show the next level of, of fourth industrial revolution medical science, which always included, always included a 3D printed heart. Think about that for a minute. That's long before we ever got into What mRNA was actually doing, or what these vaxxes were doing, right? And there is no coincidence here, in my opinion. What I believe that they have done is they know the truth, which they have suppressed from the people, and like they do in all things, they invert things. So I believe that the inversion that we have witnessed is that the heart is the true center of all wisdom, thought, and existence because it is the it's truly the electromagnetic engine of the body, which allows us to, to tie into, phase into, however term you want to use, into God, and that the mind then becomes the operating system. But they have worked the mind to be the dominant power so that we ignore the heart. And so it comes as no surprise to me. And what I truly believe personally, and I think the science, the, it's not science, but the evidence is starting to point to it, Is that these MRNA shots were designed to damage the heart so that the hearts would have to be replaced and would become weakened so that the body would become weakened and the operating system in the brain, that storage device up there, would become accessible for their meta world. Now think about that because meta means death. And. If you get people where they're inoperable, they can't function, they can't move around, they're not mobile because their hearts are damaged, what are they going to do? They're going to have to interact in a 3D world, an artificial world, which is meta, and the heart itself is then disconnected or at least diminished in its ability to connect with God and you become a walking corpse in a certain way and they begin to abscond with your brain and your, your control mechanisms, and they use your brain then as an extension of their storage. Very much, this is the third, when you hear about the Internet 3.0, Internet for, the original Internet was laptop computers, desktops at that time, not laptops, but desktops, they were all interconnected so that the the computing power of the collective whole was greater than a single supercomputer. That was the idea, and it was designed to have resiliency. The principle of the Internet was designed to give resiliency in times of, or in the event of a nuclear war or some sort of natural disaster so that if key nodes like NORAD or the some of the big NSA areas were damaged and the main processing for government and intelligence was not able to continue, they, they would distribute its processing across thousands and thousands of nodes which were that was the basic internet so that then you'd have a distributed processing power that would not be able to be disrupted that's grown into server farms and interconnectivity of computers and surveillance off the wazoo and all this other stuff so now they're trying to pitch to you internet 3.0 And what they're telling you is that, you know, this is going to be this new level of internet. It's going to be this interaction in a 3D space, virtual reality, all this. But what they're not telling you is that the connection to do that, they need to connect the human brain to the system. Because the human brain is what gives the the extra processing space like the laptop or the desktop did before. The brain becomes an extension of the AI and in so doing... It's through that living biological being, which is us, that the AI working through us can achieve singularity, which is consciousness. But essentially, it's just our consciousness that it's using to pretend it has consciousness. But that's a whole nother OODA loop. So we get back to it's a little bit of a rabbit hole, rabbit trail off of what we were actually talking about. But it's important to understand because. Our hearts are the center point here. So as a man thinks in his in this heart, so is he. That's Proverbs 23, 7. But then we go to 1 Peter 113. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So there is a, an understanding I, I find continually through scripture of the understanding of the of the mind and having to prepare the mind or protect the mind. 2 Corinthians 10.5, We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God, and we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. That is literally the counteraction for a psyop, if you think about that. I'm going to read it again, I want you to imagine this war that's being waged on us, which is quite profound. And it's an information war of an unprecedented level right now. It's all designed to confuse and to distort and deceive. And yet right there in 2 Corinthians ten five, we have the countermeasure, the tactic to use to defeat it. And say it again, we are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God and we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Profound. I mean, if I was literally working in PSYOP and I said, okay, let's come up with a countermeasure, that would be it right there. 2 Corinthians 10.5. And that is, that is the countermeasure because part of that, and the key word there is speculations, That's that's the theories of what's going to happen, and I, I anticipate this to happen, and I'm going to do this. I think this will happen based on what this person said or that person said, and it ends up being the things that we have no tangible action for, and it's the part of destroying speculations is to get us back to that relationship and calm that we walk within Father. We will not know the time or the hour, and that's important because that's God's to know, not ours. And so we have to have an enormous amount of faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. And then I would add is that we walk by faith, not by sight and not by our thoughts or our what we hear in the world. I'm just that's just my adjunct to that. We have to stay focused in the center point of father. And so as we destroy speculations and then every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. The knowledge of God is there for us to have. It's coming through our heart. And so we're destroying the speculations that our mind is generating and, and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God, which would be this entire world psyop, all this fake science, all of this fear porn, all of this. And then we are taking every thought that we have, after we slay those things, that we're taking every thought that we have and we're making it captive to the obedience of Christ. I'm telling you, there is no greater strategy to defeat a psyop than that right there. It's pretty amazing. Proverbs 23, 7, for as he thinks within himself, so he is. He says to you, eat and drink, but his heart is not with you. Again, the heart comes in. And there for me is another great insight into this passage, which is, the power of the mind controlling the body rather than the heart controlling the body and the mind being the operating system. PSYOPs is generated at targeting the mind. It is a war against your thoughts. There's many, many versions of this. Mimetics is the science of mind viruses. So the term meme, which you're familiar with, obviously, at this point in time, everybody should be familiar with memes comes from memetics, which is the science of the viral thoughts that come and infect the mind. This science was so controversial when it came out and they, they called it mind, mind virus. I think it was or brain virus. One of the two. It was so controversial that I mean, scientists lined up across the board in neurology and everything's like this is bunk science. This is garbage. Well, you know, then that it's real because they're all afraid the truth is going to get out. I studied it extensively and it's a really empowering concept to grasp because there when you take a jingle in advertising, for example, and there's one jingle, I'm not even gonna say it, I because every time I started, it, it's like I can't get it out of my head for a week. But there is a jingle that there was an ad when I was in I was a kid that there was a jingle for a product. And I've had to mentally work at purging that from my thoughts, but somehow that jingle has got into my thoughts, and it's anchored there. And if I think about it, that jingle comes back right away. But I think we can do that with just about anything. You can think about an advertisement. You can think about a movie. And and there you're going to find something in there that's to you're going to be like, oh, I remember that song. Oh, I remember this. Well, in a very simple sense, that's just like a nascent. It's like a small, if you want to look at it like this, it's like a small little infection in your thoughts, right? But imagine if you can take that jingle and you can get to where people begin singing it subconsciously and passing it to others and people pick it up and they start carrying it. This is a very simple concept of mind viruses, but this is effectively how it works because for whatever reason, there's a resonance that picks up. There's a way that it's linked in with the neural programming, whatever those reasons are. And there's much, there's a lot of things to that when you get into a good mimetic attack there's visual, there's audio, there's there's multiple senses involved, right? And this psyop board that we're in right now is dealing with a lot of that. So it's a very visceral experience around us. You get, like, we'll take the vax, which is so uh, right in front of our face in so many ways. The vax deals with fear and fear of actual life and death. It deals with a physical action that they've led you to believe. This is the gaslighting that just is so persistent that you begin to accept this alternate reality. And so this torsion that happens within your brain is you start to, it starts to override the calmness that exists within the heart. And in fact, it goes worse because the brain will start to drive its chemicals and cause malfunction in the body systems. And as that happens, there is going to be a an emergency action, so to speak, within the mind that it's going to do to protect this body temple. Personally, I think it's built in there because we know that when a person goes into a cult, we know that they can be deprogrammed. When a person goes through mental trauma, we know that they can be, they can be healed through that. We know that through mental issues that people can be healed. It takes time. It takes a lot of work, but it can be. But one of the things that happens, we see it in various forms, in the sense of what we saw in COVID, we saw a cognitive snap, meaning that there is a dislocation from the current reality to accept an alternate reality because of the trauma so that the body itself, the body system did not collapse and die because the stress was so acute that the mind then kicks in and it overrides the systems. It's the operating system. And it overrides the systems, and then it starts to take control of the body temple. And in the process there, I argue myself that we are it's muting the ability for us to hear the wisdom of Father in our heart. Because the mind is now working as an, as a solid override to protect the body system. That's a great psyop. And you may not like the term great, but it's the truth, is that's a great psyop because it's caused somebody to subconsciously shift their reality paradigm into something that you want them to believe. And they've done so literally willingly because they're not fighting it. They're so panicked that they find relief within this alternate reality. That's the type of world we're currently in. And it's, it makes it very difficult to move forward. And, and for those that have walked tightly in this other side where you said, okay, under no circumstances I'll endure all of this, which is a very profound thing. I mean, this is one Peter four one. Christ suffered in the flesh, so arm yourself with the same purpose. Christ suffered in the flesh, so arm yourself with the same purpose. That's one Peter four one. That's a lot with within that various forms and levels that that took in people's lives when people made the decision not to comply, not to walk with the vax. That's the pathway they took. And it created enormous strength and it created enormous clarity within the wisdom of the heart where Father's speaking, and it kept the mind submissive to the heart. But when the system ran out of balance and the mind took over because of fear, and what are we told 365 times in the Bible, fear not, because fear took hold, it overwrote the balance of the system and it put the operating system on top of the mind and it left the heart to be subordinate. And there's a willful acceptance. And part of that is free will. Part of this is free will. It isn't just as simple as saying, well, it's a cause and effect. People make a choice along this way. And so this is where literally in this moment then the mind becomes influenced and controlled by the words and the wisdom of Father is diminished. And I won't say shut off, just diminished. Diminished. And it's going to take a, a, a significant event to turn that upside down. So Romans seven twenty three. but I see a different law in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin, which is my members. You could take that to be members of actually people. You could also just take this members of the body and, I find this interesting, waging war against the law of my mind. That phrase right there catches me because that's literally a psyop. There is a, there's a like there is in, in programming, there are laws of, and orders, right? Laws that you follow to keep order. But what happens if they get inverted? What happens if you wage a war against the law of order, meaning the heart is first and the brain is second? What happens if you wage a war against that and you flip it? And that's where I think that we have gone to as a society and in doing so, we've separated deeply from Father. These are these little clues I I bring up because I don't think Psyop is foreign to anything in Scripture. In fact, I think that the devil who is the father of lies, by statement of that as the father of lies, and Christ has talked about that, I think that we're being given a significant clue that we don't value enough, which is the devil's going to use the thoughts, the words to get into your head. But every time we talk about Father, which somehow it ultimately ties back to our heart. Our heart is where the wisdom is. And it's that grounding place. And so this is where I go to when I talked about, I have talked about it earlier tonight, but I talked about it in depth on Sunday night, which is breath. The importance of breathing. And I'm not just talking about breathing in, breathing out, but Father God is literally within us and through us in every breath so as we take time each day as i th- would i'm suggesting this as part of your prayer to take time each and every day to breathe and not just to you're not sitting here going <laughs> i'm not talking about that you could go do that when you run around the block, which you should be doing anyway. So, none, none of that. Uh, we're not we're not doing fast breathing, with with prayer, but we are doing the breathing in terms of pneuma, and pneuma is one mind, one soul, one God, or it can be one body, one soul, one God. It's beautiful, and it's it's the balance and the perfection of of reaching in and breathing with, and breathing through Father. And it's the clarity of the mind that we achieve there that it literally puts the world in balance and it allows us to dispel a lot of the noise in our thoughts and to anchor deep within the wisdom of the heart. And I think it's there that father speaks the loudest. And I think it's there that we find ourselves in a place where we can truly pray into father at that point. It's kind of like, you know, we pray at the bottom of the mountain or we can climb up to the top of the mountain and pray and be right next to him. That sort of stuff. So I, and, I, and I want to be careful here because I, this is a real easy thing where people slide into this and go, you're doing yoga. You're doing Buddhist stuff. No, I'm not. This is part of my prayer cycle. And I use it as far as active prayer. And then I give myself a moment in, in these prayers. And it's like 20, 30 minutes to be with father. And I think that's what the powerful thing is, and to seek the wisdom on the things that I'm praying for, or seek the wisdom and clarity of what I need for each day. And in that calmness and the quiet of the mind, I think it's so important to grasp that because we start to realize how noisy this operating system is. I mean, this thing is literally, at times, like a steam engine. And if you've ever been around a steam engine, it makes all sorts of noise. It's like... Oh, sh- 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 sh-. I'm doing good sound effects tonight. I'm going to give myself an award. Anyway, we are literally in a noisy, noisy mindset, and our world is noisy. And it is crazy when we suddenly calm it down. And I hear this a lot, and you'll hear this actually with anybody that tries to do what I call quiet mind. They're going to tell you the same thing man, it's difficult. Well, that's good. So don't run away from it. And I'll tell you what, you can even find it's agitating. Just did to tell you this. Because the early time, you're going to be like, oh, man, I, cannot, I can't sit here. And there's days that I can't even sit in it because my mind is moving so fast. But I—I I, when I say I can't sit in it, I feel like I can't sit in it because I force myself to sit quiet for a bit, even if my mind doesn't get quiet but it's, the, it's that tempering and tamping things down because once we do that, we start to dig deep within the heart and deep within that bridge and that resonance that's truly within the body of Christ. That's my walk. I mean, I'm, I'm sharing this with you. I encourage you if you are so inclined to try it, I'm not giving you a recipe and not telling you how to do your prayers with Father. But I am offering this as something I think is extremely important, especially in this era when we are in war. And I think that's the big part of this. So let's just look at this from a battlefield point of view. You'll hear this term and some version of this, take a knee, take a sip of water and observe your terrain. That's a patrol concept. When you're out on patrol with a squad, there comes a point that you'll literally pause, take a knee, grab a sip of water and observe your terrain. You're listening and you're observing quietly. You're not trying to think about your mission. You're just paying attention to what's in the environment. That's war. You have to do it. In the middle of the ambush that I was in, it's in that first film I did, the ambush we were in, In that particular ambush, um, there is a moment where things are in total chaos, and it's right at the beginning of the ambush. And then there's a moment where things are fairly calm. And I say moment, it seems like forever. It was, seemed like forever for me which has only ended up being probably, you know, a few seconds or maybe a few minutes at most. But there's a calming that you go through in the midst of the worst and most chaotic moments that gives you clarity. Because you, and so if you see that film and you see at the beginning when the ambush goes, this is in Sanguine And the RPG fires like right over my head. And the camera action is erratic because it's like I'm scanning up with the, I'm keeping the camera moving. Rather than keeping it static because I'm, I'm looking through the camera. There's a funny thing I used to say. It was actually taught to me by my mentor in photography who's a photojournalist, combat photojournalist. And he his, his thing was there is calm behind the lens. And what that essentially was saying is there's a purpose. Your purpose and mission when you're out there is to photograph. So there's a calm behind the lens. And I would use that as a mantra even in the midst of craziness because I just push that camera into my face. And I would look through it and... And so there's a process in this film, which I see that I'm kind of sharing this with you, is when you see this thing go erratic, the camera's like scanning the trees because we actually thought they were ambushing us from the trees. And then the camera settles in to where we're going. And at that point in time, the calm settles in and then there's some pausing and focusing on people and the shots become more steady. And it's a reflection of finding an inner peace and mission, purpose, and I think that's the biggest thing about this whole part that we're in. That, and when we are dealing with a psyop, and we're dealing with, we're dealing with such influences. I it ultimately comes down to James four seven. Okay, submit therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. It's literally no nothing more than that. So as we Get into a calmer place and we quiet our mind we 're going to be able to submit ourselves to god and that 's where these thoughts tend to be vacated and that, to me that 's that fight with the devil that's happening within us we're quite a we're quite an amazing creation God put together here you know we have a and it's interesting to watch the duality between the heart and the mind, and that to me is probably One of the greatest things I've enjoyed in this whole process is very martial in training, and I mentioned this in the previous show. But when I read the Bible, I see the Bible very much as a manual of war, and because there's so much of that richness of the wisdom of war that comes through there, the realities of war, and as we move through that, there's all these methodologies that are there to defeat our enemy. But it's war in terms of heaven and kingdom. It's not war in terms of the fallen, the nephilim, the 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 forbidden technologies, whatever you want to talk about. It's none of that because God gave us greater tools to that. So, you know, Romans 8, 6, for the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. It's a profound statement. I mean, so when we're, when we're living truly in our mind, we're living in our flesh, and it's really a fixation on death. So we have to separate from that. And again, it's finding that calm space and understanding that the entire weapon system that the devil is using is, is quite amazing because it's using the weapon system to convert our thoughts into a sub, to a silencer of our hearts. And when we do that, we are literally by our own free will making a choice to drift away from Father. There's so much... In- this, the whole principle of the Psyop war or the Psy war right now is to wear people down. And the function of wearing people down and the function of beating people down is intentional to try to mute our ability to connect to Father. That's ultimately it. But we have to get to a quieter place. And understand that nothing is as it appears. Nothing is as we think. Everything in this world right now is designed to deceive. Super important principles to understand. And when we get there and we start to appreciate what all that means, we're starting to realize there's only one way through this, that we have to let go into father in a way that we've never imagined before. These are binary solutions that are being offered to us and father, God, Jesus are all infinite. So let that sink in for a minute because when we're looking at things, it's good versus evil. It's them versus us. It's the Democrats versus the Republicans. It's Russia versus America. It's China versus America. It's Russia China versus America. It just goes on, Right. God is infinite. And so there is a there's a need, and I believe personally, I think when Satan, this is my personal belief, that Satan needs us tied into meta because Satan is binary and God is quantum in a simple sense. It's oversimplifying things, but I think that Satan has no ability to think past a one and a zero. I think that's his limitation. And so we're being channeled into that, not realizing that through Father we have infinite. Potential infinite possibilities. So ultimately, we're going to fall to a place where everything and everyone must ultimately submit to a choice. And that choice is very real. That choice is either we go the way of Father or we go the way of Lucifer. And that what's at stake in all of this is our soul. So we have to make some hard decisions and make a decision on what side of the fence we're going to remain on. When we're told 365 times to fear not, we should take that fairly, fairly seriously. And when we're reminded of the power of the heart through Father and we're warned of the need to overcome the thoughts of the mind, we should take that fairly seriously. And in our relationship with Jesus and we know all of the issues around sin and the the obsession with flesh and how they consume us, we should be listening to that fairly seriously. Because what's at stake right now, in my opinion, is our soul. And that doesn't make a lot of people comfortable because they'll tell you, well, I've been saved. And it's like, okay, I'm not going to get into that theological argument with you. I'm just going to tell you that in my opinion, if you are not, working and digging deeper into father and you're assuming that just being saved in Christ is going to be good for you. I'm not going to tell you you're not going to heaven, but I'm going to tell you you're probably not going to be on the front row. You're just probably going to be way in the back in the cheap seats. It's going to take a lot more of that because it's, it's the time we're in as well. I don't think it's ever been any different, but it's never been more important. This time that we're in right now is, is prescient We are, we are in a time to save humanity and the mission we have before us is important and the enemy is taking it viciously and they're taking it seriously. So we need to arm ourselves and we need to prepare ourselves and we need to be active in this fight. And the thing is, and we, it isn't about when it's going to come. You know, I've heard many people say like when the next revolution comes, folks, the revolution is here. It's been going on for five years, actively, seriously. So let's accept that. Let's embrace that we're in war. This isn't a revolution just for the United States. This is a revolution for humanity against a great evil that wants to suppress us and enslave us and never again give us free will. And the answer to me is we're going to win. And I I know that this always provokes this idea, well, God has this. God's going to win. Yeah, except that we're here. And if we're here, we're here for a good reason. So choose to fight. Choose the tools of war appropriately. Choose to walk with the power of the Holy Spirit in talking to him constantly. Listen to your heart. Learn to calm your mind. Focus in battle. Learn to breathe. Learn to observe. Learn to listen. And then don't waste time when you're given a mission to move. Those are ultimately good wisdoms for this battle. Patriots, let's pray. Father, we're really just honored and blessed to have this opportunity to come before you each and every day and to literally be humbled before you and to seek your wisdom, to seek your comfort, to seek your healing, and to seek your strength. Jesus, you have sacrificed unprecedented levels for us, something that we can't at times even comprehend. This is truly the, the sacrifices that have been put before us are for us to remember. For as it is said in 1 Peter 4, 1 Christ suffered in the flesh, so arm yourself with the same purpose. And so today we pray for that same purpose. We pray for the intensity and understanding of what it means to suffer in the flesh and to arm ourselves for such a mission, to be that committed, to not be fearful of what's to come, but rather to embrace all that's before us so that we can be bold and mighty under your banner, to understand the methods of war, to appreciate that the enemy is using the tools of psyop and information and influence to deceive our thoughts so that we override the wisdom of our heart. And so we pray for the strength of discernment and the mightiness of the warrior within us, Jesus, that we can stand boldly with an armor that's impenetrable. You know, literally, that no weapon forged against us shall succeed and that we shall stand boldly before that enemy, knowing that nothing that he produces can influence us or set us back. So, Jesus, we just pray. Pray for the mightiness of walking within your body, within you, with around you, under your banner, and to approach this enemy, understanding that we have actual tools of warfare that exist within us that we can wield and wage war every day to defeat this enemy, to crush this enemy, to repel this enemy in the many forms that it takes. And then as we continue to assume that power and assert that influence here on earth, we also know that with. And through you, this enemy has no opportunity to continue to expand. Rather, they will retreat, and we shall re-secure this land with you on the throne above us. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Really, in all that we do, we tend to talk about things in a future tense or the ifs, Okay. And I I just want to kind of drive this point home. The war is now. It's not in the future. The war is not something that we're waiting for. It's here in the present. And that should be evident by everything that's in the headlines and all the nonsense that's happening in our communities. The tools of war, first and foremost, are those tools given to us in Scripture, but they're active tools. They're not passive. So as we're praying into things and we're wielding the sword of the spirit, we're literally having an ability to work within the flesh and within the spirit. And that, I think, needs to be embraced. Because we tend to mortalize ourselves so much that we forget that we are spiritual beings in a a physical body. We're mighty warriors. We are the men and women of God. We're the children of God. So we need to start acting like it. And there's a long bit of road to travel there because we've been cast so far off that tool, that place of understanding of what that actually meant, we're having to relearn. But here's the great part about it. You don't have to go far to find the lessons that will teach you where to go. You don't have to travel across the world to go to some hidden secret library in the Middle East or some lost tomb in the middle in in Israel. All of the wisdom that we need sits within our heart as we speak to God. And if we will speak to him, ask to him and listen to what he has to say, all of the wisdom that we need to rise up and to be great is there for us to to take and there for us to learn because he's giving it to us. That's pretty profound. We are, we are the repository of the wisdom that he gives us, and we all we have to do is access it and implement. And if we're listening closely, he's going to walk us to where we need to be. Patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us, and God always wins. But we're here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this are at war, so walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land, expand the kingdom, subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow for Bended Knee. Until then, or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now.
1: Oh, I want to feel something. I just want to breathe to the deepest dead Oh, I want to feel something Let me get back in